in the 90s when I was in college there was a song there was a worship song that that I was introduced to and when I had given my life I had recommitted my life to God this song really meant a lot to me especially for someone who really loved worshiping and when I talk about worship I'm saying what I mean to say is the expression of worship it was the song open the eyes of my heart lord i would sing this song every day the whole day if it was such a new song at that time to me and i would sing this song open the eyes of my heart lord open the eyes of my heart i want to see you and there's something in my heart from even before that time when i was a young boy I had this desire in my heart to see God as he is. There many of us watching today that have this desire to you've been a Christian for a while now and and you you've fallen in love with an invisible God. And that's his nature and you know there's something in us that wants to see God as he is. worship to me the expression of worship to me is a gift that god gives us so that we can express externally the god that we see internally it's a powerful statement and if you're in worship or if you're in a worship ministry or if you're a singer for that matter you have the ability to communicate or express God according to what you see him to be on the inside of you. See the Bible says that all of creation is longing for the sons of God to manifest themselves. But the sons of God, the new creation, don't just manifest humanity. We manifest divinity. As a young Christian, as a Christian who has been enlightened by the revelation of grace or the doctrine of grace in those days i just wanted to see god because i had this natural innate desire to express him so that everybody else can see the god that i'm seeing everybody else can experience the god that i'm experiencing because you should know how good he is to me You need to know how good he is to my family. You need to know how good he is to my friends. And there's a deep desire on the inside of of every single son and daughter of God. And that is to see God and to make him known. This desire on the inside of us has a purpose to it and this purpose does not come by us deciding that this is our purpose this purpose came into the human race when god created man and the whole purpose of seeing god the ability to have an encounter with him have an experience of god is so that we can number 1 become like him And when we become like him we see him we become like him and when we become like him we be or experience 
give an experience or express him as he is. See, human beings are the only species that God has created in his image and likeness. If you look at Genesis chapter 1, when God was making man, he said, let us make man according to our image, according to our likeness. So your image and likeness is different. My image and likeness is totally different to Max's image and likeness. It's different to Kelsey's image and likeness. But we're all from the same God. We're all from the same source. But I can't talk, I can't say that about my dog, buddy. Or my other dog, champ. Or the lions and the bears and the cats or the trees or the, or the monkeys or the, the mountains or the rivers or any of anything else other that God has created. I can't say it about them, but I can say it freely with authority about every single human being that was born past, present and will be born in the future. That you are made, you have been created in the image and the likeness of God. But when God created this human species, when God created this new creation now, He did not look at the animals. He did not look at the birds. He did not look at the mountains or the trees. He didn't look at them. He didn't look at the angels or the spirits. But He looked within Himself. He says, let us Hey guys, let us make man according according to our image. Which means when God wanted to make man, he had, a, he had to look on the inside of him for a model in order to create man in the physical. But I want to take you to Genesis chapter 1 because you, to understand this concept, you need to understand why God made us like this. Why God created man like this. And chapter 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Heavens, plural, earth, singular. The earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. This is a very powerful church. You must understand that in the beginning... You must understand God was before the beginning. So the earth, the heavens and the earth and darkness had a beginning because God is the one who created it. Oh, so I think some people are really now wondering, what are you saying? Did God create darkness? Yes, he did. And it says that the earth was without form and void. And darkness was on the face of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light and there was light and God saw that the light was good and God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. So the evening in the morning were the first day. So you must understand that in order for God 
to create something externally he had to look at himself look inside himself to create something on the outside if we understand that the earth was null and void which means it was formless and it was barren it was it was void there was no oxygen there was no nothing over there it was formless and god said let there be light the book of second corinthians chapter 4 and verse 6 says this he says out of darkness god created light come on powerful those of you god setting people free now people who are afraid of the dark you switch off the lights and you sit in fear and you close your eyes and you, you want to go to sleep and if afraid to go to sleep and you think the darkness belongs to the devil i want to redeem that right now the darkness belongs to the lord it is the intention of our heart that creates an evil presence in the darkness but see when god wanted to create something new when god wanted to create let's say instead of new we use the word good when god wanted to create something good he did not create it out of good he created it out of nothing he created it out of darkness out of darkness he created he brought out light that same ability is in you and me when we look at the null and void in our lives i mean take a take a good look at your life right now take a good look at your marriage take a good look at your your business that is supposed to be have failed your marriage that is supposed to have failed your relationship with your kids that is supposed to have failed you have no hope in these areas and my god the way god created us is for us to create something good out of something that is not good for us to create something that is light out of darkness my goodness he took darkness which was which was hovering which was over the over the deep he took darkness and he spoke and he said let there be light and light came out of darkness church i want to i want to present the nature of god as a creator when god created the earth the lights the way when god created the light and the lights and the earth he 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 looked at all of it and he said it was good he looked at the light that was created in the darkness before he separated the light from the darkness he said it was good now i want you to to when you look at your life and you look at impossible situations in your life you look at wilderness experiences in your life and instead of running to somebody to pray for you why don't you look on the inside of you see because god when he created man he created man to solve a problem for him that's why he gave man authority dominion power to rule to subdue things why would you need to subdue things if everything was good the reason why you have to subdue things is because if you don't 
it will not be perfected according to the perfect image of God that is in you. See, God gave us His image, His likeness, which is perfect on the inside of you and me. And if you don't see that perfect image on the inside of you, you don't see the perfect progressive likeness of God on the inside of you, guess what? Every null and void situation will overpower you rather than you having power, authority, dominion and allowing good things to come out of evil things. See, our responsibility in our life really is to to look at a a bad situation, to look at an evil situation, to look at, at a null and void situation, a business that's completely failed, marriage that's failed. You look at it not according to how it's presenting itself, but according to what your conscience says about it. See, the conscience of a man, God has blessed you and me with a beautiful gift. It's an instrument of transformation. The eyes are the eyes of your mind. This eye of your mind is the conscience, ladies and gentlemen. But according to the conscience creates according to what it sees. If your eye sees the goodness of God within you, guess what? Every evil circumstance and situation will turn around for your good because that is the nature of God within you. Come on now. I can quote a verse also about it. It's Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. It says, and we know, not that we think, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. Not their purpose, His purpose. What is God's purpose? God's purpose is, hey, I like the darkness. I like the null and void. Holy Spirit, hover over the null and void. Because I can see, hey, Jesus, since the Holy Spirit is there now, let you and me, let's come together now. The God, the Son of God, and the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, together having a discussion. And they're saying, let us make man according to our image and likeness. Let him have dominion. Wow. Let him subdue. Wow. Why? Because everything that we have created that is good needs to be perfected according to the image that he sees on the inside of him. What is the image that you see? What do you see your husband to be? What do you see yourself to be? Do you need to come to church so that you can have a pep talk about your identity? And tell you that, oh man, God is good. God is good, brother, for sure. God is good. Are you good? Do you have goodness on the inside of you? See, because all of creation is responding to the sons of God who manifest goodness. You have the ability to create goodness in the world. There's enough of evil in the world. My goodness, I can, I can, we can spend hours and hours on television, receiving bad reports after bad reports, after fake news, after real news. I mean, you can can have bad reports all the time about everything that is wrong in the world. But if you 
have the mind of Christ, if you are the new creation, if you are a son of God, you listen to these bad news as an opportunity to create good news. As an opportunity to create goodness. But goodness, the expression of goodness, the manifestation of goodness, or goodness is only manifested in and through your life if you can see goodness on the inside of you. See, because God saw and he says, according to what he saw on the inside of him, he created man. And that man had the ability to create, to recreate, reproduce, be fruitful, to multiply, to replenish the earth. My goodness, these are good things. All of creation, can you imagine if all the water in the, when you go for, for a safari and all these animals are supposed to be in that safari and the water dries out because of a, of a, of a tough summer and you've gone for a safari and you're complaining, oh man, I've not seen elephant, I've not seen tiger, I've not seen these animals. I, what, what can I, I've spent all this money, I've come all the way here, I'm not getting to see all these animals. Instead of complaining and moaning and groaning, you can actually, you can be good. Because God saw that in man, he created the ability and gave him the ability to create goodness. To create possibilities of goodness in the world. I really believe that as a church, we are given this opportunity to see the goodness. And according to the goodness that we see in us, we will be able to express or manifest and bring transformation to the world around us. Um, we, we have to be fed up of regurgitating bad news. We have to look at bad news as an opportunity to prophesy and declare. I release goodness. I release goodness. I release goodness. Oh, there's, there's children being kidnapped and sold as slaves. I release goodness. That news has come to me. I release goodness right now. We arrest all those people who are doing these bad things and we send those children back into their home. We, this is how we communicate as the children of God. We don't say, oh, you know, have you heard of the, the, this, this trade of children that is happening, uh, underage children and, and prostitution and instead of making it more bigger than what it is, why don't we just make goodness more bigger than what it is? We've got to manifest. You, you need to know who you are. You need to know who you have on the inside of you. You need to know what you have on the inside of you. See, but somehow, somehow, man lost the ability to see. Lost the ability to see. Hey, we know that in the fall, Satan or the serpent comes to, to Eve and says this, Hey, if you eat of this fruit, you will not surely die, but you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Knowing good and evil. See, our responsibility as Christians, as children of God, is not to make decisions based on knowing good and evil our responsibility to create good 
is by knowing God. That's a good word. And anytime you feel that I've really said a good word, hashtag good word in the comment section. Just hashtag it. Good word, good word. Come on. Because when you're saying good word, you're prophesying into the chat rooms, you're prophesying through the internet that we are releasing goodness. Our purpose is not to look at flaws as a reality. Our purpose is actually to look at flaws as an invitation. An invitation to do something good. But see, a lot of times we look at flaws and we want God to do something good. Change my husband, God, I'm praying, I'm fasting. No, you change your husband. You have the ability to not give in to that. And be God-like. Be good when you see flaws. Every single human being on the planet was given a conscience. And ladies and gentlemen, your conscience is the eye of your heart. Your conscience are your eyes, the eyes of your heart, the eyes of your mind, and it watches every single thing. But somehow, when man fell, they ate of the knowledge of good and evil. And when they did, there was a veil that came over their face. That veil is called sin. When they chose to listen to another voice that led them, when they submitted their conscience to another voice, that another voice, the disobedience, when they disobeyed God, God told them not to eat of that tree and they still went to that tree. And when they ate of that fruit, my goodness, the Bible says that their eyes were opened and they saw themselves naked. Hello. Till then, they didn't see anything. Why? Their conscience was open to God and they only saw goodness in God. But when they ate of the knowledge of good and evil, ladies and gentlemen, their eyes opened to seeing themselves, the external, not the internal, not God on the inside, not God on the outside. They couldn't see God on the outside. And they, because their eyes were blinded by the veil of sin, ladies and gentlemen, their mind lost the ability to create goodness. See, your, the goodness of God comes on the inside of you, it comes into your mind, it comes into your heart. Your heart is your, the consciousness of who you are. It is who you are. It's, the, it's everything about you is in your mind. And when, when the conscience loses sight, the mind becomes callous. The mind becomes cold. The mind becomes separated from God. Have you ever noticed that we feel connected to God on a Friday because we engage with God through the service. But then somehow we allow our, our eyes to be off God on every other day of the week. And somehow it feels hard to pray. It feels hard to read the Bible. It feels hard to say, praise the Lord. It feels hard to do communion. Oh my God, I have to work myself up. I feel like so lethargic in the spirit. I feel so uh, dead. Do I have to listen to your pastor? Do I have to do this? Do I? No, you don't have to do it. 
but do you want to create good do you want to live in your purpose according to your purpose nobody wants you to do anything do you need to do this for your sake so that your purpose on the earth is fulfilled you are telling god let me live longer because i'm fulfilling my purpose every single day and the word conscience in the in greek is the word synesis and this is what it means the god given capacity to know right and wrong the god given capacity to know right from wrong do you see it the god given capacity conscience is the god given capacity to know right from wrong which means when you see wrong you have the opportunity your conscience has the opportunity to see the right in it come on man when your conscience sees something dark when your conscience sees something evil it's a gift from god your conscience is a gift from god to see the good in the evil not the good and evil to see the good from the evil which means if there's evil guess what only you can create good out of it oh only you can create goodness out of evil out of darkness out of demonic out of all of that stuff when we see demons in the world when when a person is demon possessed guess what you have the ability to bring something good out of it that sun that you that you that you seems to be lost in the world and all that kind of stuff guess what there's goodness in him if you don't see goodness in him he doesn't have a hope to live because he is blind if your husband seems to have strayed away from the church strayed away from god is doing his own thing he's just caught up in his own world and you're like okay i'm giving up i need to give up i'm just fed up of this whole life guess what it's your responsibility to see the goodness in it if you don't see goodness in him guess what there's no chance for him there's no hope for him to come back See because it's the goodness of God that leads a man to repentance. Where do you think that goodness comes from? It comes from you and me. When people do wrong to us, our responsibility is to see the right in the wrong. You've got to see the right in the wrong. You can't say, "Oh, oh look at me, they did something wrong to me. They betrayed me, they hurt me, they said this to me." They did. No no you're seeing the victim in what they've done but if you see the good in what they've done then it completely makes the wrong powerless and gives you the authority to step into your purpose to bring something good out of what they've done wrong to you see Kelsey and I um we love dogs and you know the other day we went we found out that there was a a beautiful German shepherd two year old German shepherd uh that was up for adoption and we just love dogs and we went to see this dog and when we went to see this dog uh the caretaker uh, i realized had no training uh with dogs and he just opened the gate and let them out and fed them you know did, there was no social skills for the dog and there were many other dogs there big ones and this one was 2 years old and being a german shepherd work line german shepherd the energy of that german shepherd is is quite high 
just naturally the dog is really high energy and when we when we went there Kelsey and I stood as we saw as we saw this man go to the gate without a leash and open the gate and he let this lion out and that dog came saw us and it came charging to us to say hello but hello with all the paws all the teeth all the energy everything excitement fear stress all of it put together came at us to give us many hugs but because Kelsey and know Kelsey and I know how to handle ourselves with strong breed dogs we we stood still and we allowed the dog to do whatever it did smell us jump around us try to you know scratch us whatever just it was just happy um but there was a lot of negative energy coming out of that dog because of where the dog was and where the dog has come from see it's the environment around that dog or its past or the environment that it is in now that makes that dog which is supposed to be a beautiful creature that god has created to be something that can attack you and so kesi and i just stood still until we asked for a leash and we got a leash and the dog became calm but just that the nature of the situation uh the dog couldn't handle itself and so we had to release that dog back into its cage and we went back in when we were leaving we went back into the uh, into the enclosure just to see this dog and when i looked into that dog's eyes i never saw an aggressive dog i never saw a dog that wanted to hurt me i never saw a dog that wanted to bite me i never saw that dog that wanted to harm me but actually a dog that was that was that was that was so excited it was so um fearful and stressed all at the same time because of the environment that it is in that it was completely blind to the goodness that we came to present it and so kelsey that night when we were having a conversation about the dog she said it is so sad to see that the dog was so blind that someone who came to rescue the dog to save the dog from that very environment this dog wanted to do harm to them and sometimes people are like that people in our lives are like that they don't see that we're coming to rescue them they see that they're being controlled they see that they they look at it because they they see manipulation and they've experienced these things in their past they've experienced abusive fathers they've experienced abusive mothers and controlling mothers and the environment that they grew up in and their marriage is in a is in a mess and their finances is in a mess a job is in a mess every the church relationships are in a mess and every person that tries to help these people they they somehow feel like even we are trying to attack them but i want to present something to you that the sons of god see goodness in every circumstance and situation and it is the the sons of god that have the ability to rehabilitate you according to the nature that god has bestowed upon you according to your purpose on the earth and i really believe that all of this begins with 
the conscience now i want you to go to second corinthians chapter 3 and we'll read verse 12 and 13 and it says this therefore since we have such hope what is that hope hope exists on the inside that we have the ability to create goodness we use great boldness of speech unlike moses who put a veil over his face so that the children of israel could not steadily could not look steadily at the end of what is passing away why but their minds were blinded it's very interesting that the writer just drops that line there he says the children of israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away but their minds were blinded until this day the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the old testament because the veil is taken away in Christ 15 but even to this day when moses is read a veil lies on their heart where on the heart a veil lies on the heart nevertheless when one turns to the lord the veil is taken away now the lord is spirit and where the spirit of the lord is there is freedom now paul is writing this passage to the corinthian church about one of the most important historical facts or truths about israel and that is the the exodus from egypt into the promised land and on the way there he says this he says hey guys we have such a great hope we use great boldness of speech unlike moses who put a veil over his face so that the children of israel could not look steadily could not look steadily at what was passing away but their minds were blinded it's very interesting that this glory of god you just just imagine this now the glory of god was fading away from moses and because it was fading away from his face he put a veil over his face so that people would not see the glory fading away what does that mean people were so blinded that if they saw the glory of god shifting off of a man they stopped following him 3 million people have a huge vote compared to one guy And so here we see Moses when Moses realized hey all of a sudden my divinity the god that makes this human being divine is fading away from my face let me cover it so that people will continue to see they will continue to think that the glory of god is still on my face but he put a cover over his face see there's something similar with what Adam did in the garden He put he covered himself and and Eve they covered themselves with fig leaves why because they did not want all of creation to see their humanity but when God came calling them he says what have you done where are you he says oh god uh, i ate of the tree 
and now I, I'm naked and I, I hid myself from you. And what is God's question? He didn't say, why did you eat the fruit? He said, who told you you were naked? Who told you you were naked? Who told you that you were a human being? Who told you that you were like them? Who told you? See, when I believe that when the conscience, when they sinned, their conscience, the eyes of their heart were blinded by sin. And when the conscience, ladies and gentlemen, when the conscience's eyes are closed, the mind that needed to be renewed, the mind that needed to be perfected according to the according to Christ, saw the flaws in the physical and judged them according to their flaws. If I were to take a gold medal, Olympic gold medal archer, and if I were to say, hey buddy, I'm going to give you a blessing, but I'm going to put you in a test. And the test is, I'm going to blindfold you, and now you're going to shoot the apple that is on Rabin's head. Do you think the archer is going to hit or miss? See, sin, the meaning of sin means to miss the mark. And sin is not an issue of the soul. It's not an issue of the mind. Sin is your conscience being blinded. When your conscience is blind, God looks at it as sin. Who told you? Who covered your eyes? Who covered the eyes that I gave you? Who covered the the ability that I gave you to empower the soul, to teach the soul how to create good? Who told you? Who told you that that was bad? Who told you that that is evil? Who told you that is good or evil? Who told you that darkness is bad? Who told you that? Somebody blinded you. Someone made you blind. Who is that? And so because of that now, God takes them and he moves them out of the garden. Just imagine now, you understand the nature of God from the beginning is he looks at void, null and void circumstances and he creates, he brings goodness out of it. He takes them, puts them out of the garden and he says, okay, now I'm going to increase your childbirth. I'm going to make it difficult for you. I'm going to make it difficult for you to create goodness. I'm going to make it difficult for you to eat. You could eat of any tree in the garden. Now I'm going to curse the ground, make it difficult for you to create goodness out of the ground. But even then, in their fallen state, my God, they created something beautiful. See, we look at it as, oh, well, God cursed them and God gave them. No, no, God gave them an opportunity to become like him. See, when Israel would sin, when Israel would make mistakes, God, they would be blessed. But then after a certain time, they'll run after the idols. They run after another voice. That's that other voice. My God, I hate that other voice. When they would run after that other voice, their heart would, their, their conscience would become blinded and their heart would become cold to God. And God instantly knew the separation. And so now God does is he hands you over to the very voice that was speaking to. 
He hands you over. He hands you over and you, the soul naturally submits itself to the voice that speaks to it. So the eyes that see the conscience that speaks to this mind is also, when it's blinded, can stop speaking to the mind and the mind thinks that the other voice is the conscience and so now it begins to submit itself to another voice therefore not only creating goodness but actually creating evil in the world and so we see that man grew further and further and further away from God and so now the time came when 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 Moses now is in the wilderness you just just imagine this now the reason why God speaks to Moses is because the people of Israel are crying out, God, we are blind. God, we're in captivity. We're suffering here. Can you not see that we are suffering here? Where are your children? They're minding God. And so what, what does God do? He takes someone who is weak. He takes a stammerer. He takes a guy who's a murderer, who's in exile. And he says, Moses, I'm sending you back there. What? Yeah, I'm sending you back there. He, to rescue my people. See, God could have done it himself. But then, from captivity, he chooses one man who's the weakest. And then he rescues three million people out of Israel. Come on. You got to see how God works from the evil, from the, from, the, from the slavery, from the captivity, from the prison. He picks one guy and he begins to speak to him. He changes his conscience. He removes that evil conscience. He removes the, the veil off his eyes. And then he begins to say, okay, now go and be like me. And God, my goodness, the guy just does phenomenal things. And all the people, they don't see God. Because their conscience is still blind. Their conscience, their eyes of their heart are still veiled. And so you must imagine now, when Moses comes back to them, they are 430 years in captivity. There's about 15, I don't know, maybe 15 to 18 generations that are born in captivity. Can you imagine what that looks like? Sure, you can imagine. You were an old man once. You were an old man. When I'm saying old man, not age, old man. You had an old man that died on the cross and behold, now you're a new creation. That old man, that guy, the dead guy. He was your captor. And so now, 430 years, generations have, just imagine people now who are first generation who are in captivity have children and when they have the children now, they are born in a certain value system, certain mindset where they don't experience. They have no clue about freedom. They have no clue about worshipping this God. They have no clue about, having, about seeing God. Why? Because they're born blind. And so they're born in captivity. They're born in prison. They're born in oppression. And they think that that is normal. But all along, if they only knew the scriptures, if they only knew what God had done with Adam and Eve, with God, how God created the heavens and the earth, if they only knew, they would have looked at their captivity as an opportunity to create something good for their life. Today, somebody is getting set free because 
the captivity that you're in, you're going to see it in a different way. And so we see now, Moses comes and he does these, the ten plagues. He comes and, and he rescues these people and he brings them out. And as they're walking towards that place, they meet the, another obstacle. And then God comes and he separates the water. And then he is the cloud by day. He is the fire by night. He is the manna that fell from heaven. He is the, the, the water from the rock. You know, I was talking to Pastor Neil one day about the, uh, and he mentioned to me, son, do you know that, that it's mentioned in the scripture that this rock that they had, that, that gave water to 3 million people, they could carry the rock with them and the rock went with them wherever they went. And if ever, and from that day, they never asked for water ever again because that rock, every time they needed water, it would begin to flow out of that rock. They carried the rock with them. But even with that, they didn't see God. They didn't see God at work. They didn't see the opportunity to create goodness out of the wilderness. And they complained, bickered, moaned, cried, play for me, pray for me. I need healing. I need a job. I need pasta. I need money. I need food. I need, I need, I need. Guess what? God has given you the provision. It's called lack. He, when he gave, when you're in lack, you're in the greatest place to create provision. And so Moses is the only one who seems to be having, out of three million people, Moses is the only one that seems to have some sort of relationship with God. And even though he doesn't have the spirit of God on the inside of him, he has this encounter with God and God says, okay, fine. Now, I'm going to, if my people don't want to speak to me, I'll speak to you. But I'm going to give them 10 commandments. And he gives them these 10 commandments, ladies and gentlemen, and he writes them on stone. Why does he write them on stone? He could have written it on a piece of paper. He could have written it on a tree. He could have written it on the clouds. He could, he's God. He could do anything. Unless he was trying to tell them something. This, verse 14. But their minds were blinded. That word minds over there in in Greek means making a decision using the mind. In other words, it's passing a verdict using the mind. Not the conscience. That phrase, their eyes were opened. It doesn't mean that the conscience was opened. It means that the soul, their mind was opened to the five senses. The touch, feel and see. That's why they could look at themselves and judge. That's what's happening here. Even with the children of Israel. Their minds were blinded. Their minds, the place, the faculty from where they're judging. Which is the wrong place to judge from. It should be that the conscience tells the mind to pass the verdict. And that conscience is meant to be, the compass is meant to be pointing in the direction of Christ. See, there were two trees in the garden. Actually, there were many trees in the garden. But there were two. One was the tree of life. And the other was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God said, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Which means they could have eaten 
of the tree of life that is Christ and have lived forever being transformed into his image and likeness and keep on doing good. But they chose to eat of the other tree. And so here we see, it says their minds were blinded. That word blinded over there is the Greek word pororo. And that word pororo means that something has become like a stone. It says their minds were blinded, which means when the conscience became blind, their minds became, their heart became like stone. A stone means to be insensitive to God. It means it means insensitive to people. I don't care about his feelings. Let him go and die. Let him go and we make they make statements like that. Those are people who have have you heard of the saying hard hearts? Have you heard, man, that guy's with such a stony heart. There's nothing, there's no goodness that can penetrate into that heart. Ladies and gentlemen, the reason why that heart has become cold, it has become like a stone, it has become full of evil, is only because the conscience is blind. The eyes of the mind are blind. And this has been the strategy of the enemy since day one. He gets your conscience to become blind so that your mind now is either dead towards God or destructive in submission to Him. So you look at your life now and you see your life. What is your life all about? What has your life been? The decisions, the choices that you've made. What has your life been? What does your life look like today? What does your marriage look like? What do your finances look like? What do your children look like? What does your dog look like? My dogs are absolutely cute. After we came back from seeing this German Shepherd, I just hugged them. They were so sweet. They look like they were behaving like angels. Like I've, like we've, I was like, wow, you are like heaven. I say, I feel like I come back to heaven. But that word pororo, it means that something has become calloused. It's become hard, like stone. It's petrified. And so here he's saying. That their hearts had become like stone. Now you see why God wrote the commandments on stone. It was a message to Israel to tell them, listen, according to your heart, if your heart is like stone, the glory of God will not stay on you. If your heart is like stone, the glory will come The religion will cause the glory of God to come. But then after a little bit, the glory fades away and it causes you to do more work, do more work, do more work, do more work. Kill more animals, sacrifice, fast more, pray more, give more, do this more, do that more. Because I want the glory, brother. I want the glory. I want the glory. I have people that come ask me for prayer. Pastor, pray for more anointing. Pastor, pray for more glory. If I had to have more glory myself, why would I pray for you, man? I keep praying for myself. But it doesn't work like that. You need to understand that the enemy gets you to work for something that you already have. You have all the glory. You have all the favor. You have all of it. But the problem is that you don't see what you have. And if you can only see what is on the inside of you, my goodness, you will be able to transform, create goodness. In the world around you. And so we see now. That it is only when. 
one turns to the Lord, when one turns to the tree of life, when one turns to Christ, when your conscience, when in your mind you realize, okay, things are not going well. I'm not going to go to the pastor. I'm not going to go to the leaders. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. I need the Lord. When you turn to the Lord, I don't need a psychiatrist. I need the Lord, man. Turn to the Lord. When, when one turns to the Lord, guess what the Lord does? He removes the veil that blinds you. He removes the veil, the conscience that couldn't see. Mobs. I can see. And Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1, he says, let the eyes of your heart, I pray that the eyes of your heart be enlightened. I want to read that verse to you right now. It's absolutely awesome. Ephesians 1 verse 18 says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. This is in the NIV version. He says this, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. That means having light come into your eyes, remove the veil. The veil in the temple was torn. Ladies and gentlemen, it's already done. Now, because the veil is already gone, now we've been living in deception with the old man, the, the, the lies of the enemy, that other voice has been telling us that the veil is still there. You have no relationship with God. You have no relationship with people. You are already, you're not good enough. You, it, it, it makes you feel little. But Jesus has already removed the veil through his sacrifice on the cross. Come on, somebody. Through his sacrifice on the cross, he's removed that veil. And now you can see him as he is. And so what he does now in the new covenant is he says, I'm going to take out your stony heart. And I'm going to give you a heart of flesh. What is a heart of flesh? A heart of flesh is a, is a mind that is sensitive, that beats to the rhythm of heaven. A heart that really gives life to the body. The heart that really gives life to the body, but also everything around us. You look at, you don't look at things, it's like, it's like a person who had a death sentence. And all of a sudden, the case turns out in their favor and they were innocent all along. There's a, there's a series, there's a short series on Netflix about five guys in New York who were arrested falsely and put in prison for 30 years, 50, uh, anywhere from 15 to 30 years. And then the story begins to talk about how they were in prison and there came a point in time where every phone call of hope was like, come on, man, I, I don't believe this now. They lost all hope until someone on the outside fought for them and they were released. See, we're saved. God has saved us. God has rescued us. He's removed the veil. We, we live by grace. We have all these things that are happening for us until we hit a roadblock and we hit a test or we, hit, we walk into a wilderness experience and instead of looking at it as an opportunity for a promotion, instead of looking at it for an opportunity to exercise your authority, power, dominion, subduing, being fruitful, multiplying, replenishing the earth, we go to God and ask Him for, ask for prayer, for His intervention. 
We're still functioning like the old man in a new man's body. Only because our eyes are still closed. We look at the people who love us as people who actually hate us. And we actually approach the people who hate us and love all those people rather than love the people who actually come to set us free because setting us free sometimes can be a little painful because you have to deal with the reality of the past and what we've said and done. Because that's repentance. We don't want to deal with our sin issues so let me talk about him more and build a case against him or her so that we can now all the birds of a feather can flock together and we can be convenient in the sin issues that we are but actually behind closed doors we're repenting asking God please God come and help my situation help my finances help my marriage help me help me help me but then you're not hearing God's voice and then you hear another voice saying do this do that pray a little bit more see if your God will answer you he mocks you and yet we they still come and give into those voices rather than listening to the truth of the word of god that might be painful momentary but sets you free in the long run see i want to tell you that the chastisement of the lord is good for sons and we need to allow that to happen in our lives we need the pruning to happen in our lives we need because the more we prune the more we get pruned the more fruitful we become but see god doesn't come to us with the scissors he sends a wilderness experience or a storm our way and that storm presents itself as something so big and so vast that's because you see it so big so vast what if you saw it as something that was powerless what if you saw that there was more power on the inside of you more greatness on the inside of you more glory on the inside of you than anything else on the outside everything else would start submitting to the sons of god according to the goodness you create and so today church i just want to bless you with this word i don't have five steps to come out of the wilderness because jesus has already done that I don't have five steps for you to remove your veil because Jesus has already done that. But I want to encourage you to abandon your past and look at darkness as an opportunity to create light. Look at evil as an opportunity to create goodness. Look at the wrong that is happening in your life as an opportunity to create right in your life see we are called right chestness of god in christ jesus we are right with god praise god for that god is also right with us come on we are peace with god but what's the purpose of that if you are blinded to the reality of darkness and and evil that exists in the world if you're blinded to your purpose then you're not living according to the fullness of God God's purpose and call over your life. And I want to encourage you today church to to position yourself every single day. Look and see every single circumstance and situation every day as an opportunity to create goodness.
Because it is only those who create goodness that are given more opportunities to create goodness. We don't look at it as, oh my God, I just passed this test and now another test is coming. Hello, that's who we are. Get on board with God's plan. Get on board with how he creates. See, the, when you look at Christ, when you look at Jesus, when your eyes, the veil is removed, when you look at Jesus, when you see, you look at that image in you, guess what? It's an ever-increasing glory. How does the glory increase in our life? It doesn't increase when you pass the test, but it increase, increases in your life when because of the test, you look at his face. You progress in your revelation of his image so that you can progress in, your, in his likeness in and through your life. I want to bless you church today. I just want to declare God's abundant love and life over you. I really feel like this message has set a lot of people free. If it has set you free, just begin to celebrate Jesus right now wherever you are. Begin to just say, God, I thank you so much. Thank you so much that you've, that you've removed this veil out of my eyes. God, I thank you for every single person. I thank you that every single person is free right now. That veil over their eyes, that offense over their eyes, the sin issues over their eyes, the guilt, the shame, the condemnation and everything that comes with the veil, God is removed. There's no more sin to deal with, but only to behold you and become like you because the, our conscience is clean. God, our compass points to you. And so God, I pray for every single person. They will begin to experience your favor that already exists on the inside of them. Your glory that already exists on the inside of them. They'll stop striving for the peanuts that the devil gives them. And will start functioning from the glory, the abundance of glory that you've given us. I thank you for this awesome church. I thank you for every single person that's watching that you will begin to experience the multiplication of God's glory and provision and prosperity in your life according to what you see. Bless you guys. Love you. We'll see you soon. God bless.